you'll be able to you'll be able to bring up your Bible that way, or you can you can just look at the screens and they'll put the, the message up there for you also. But we're finishing up today in the series of ministry called "These Three Remain." These three remain. We're going to go into a, a very uh, popular scripture in First Corinthians, the thirteenth chapter. And some of you may not know it by uh, you know by just hearing the, the location, but once we begin to read it, I know that probably ninety percent of you or ninety nine percent of you are going to remember. Oh yeah, I've heard that scripture because it says in First Corinthians, the thirteenth chapter, the thirteenth verse. And now these three remain: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. These three remain. It's, they, in, in, in the King James, I think it says it this way, these three abideth. The word remain, the word abideth there means that they stay, they continue, they make it through, they endure. So these three endure. They remain through everything that, everything that comes, everything that goes, everything that rises, everything that falls. These three Remain. Now, one of the things that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is that this scripture has been used extensively in, in marriage ceremonies. I mean, if you've, if you've been to a marriage ceremony, I, I almost guarantee that you, you may have heard that scripture because 1 Corinthians 13 chapter is just stock full of things that we tell couples they ought to try to practice with one another, right? Love is patient, doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't tell her that she is this or tell him that if he doesn't do that, come on somebody in this house. You might as well go ahead and smile because you, you've probably heard those scriptures and you've heard that, especially this scripture said, but these three remain faith, hope, and love. And listen, I'm not, we've said it for three weeks now, or two weeks, and I say it this third week. We are absolutely not against using it, that scripture in that context. I think it's wonderful. We can. We should. We, we ought to. However, what we've done somewhat is we have, um, how do I say this correctly? Uh, we, we've somewhat lost some of the spiritual power because we relegated that scripture to a single instance of life. It was for, it was for marriages. You know, we're talking about love, we're talking about, you know, all these things, but that's the, that's the ooey-gooey of life. That's the, you know, the warm cuddlies of life. That's the, you know, oh, she looked good, or oh, he looked hot, or he is a stud, or he is a dud, I mean, she, whatever. You know, they are this, and so we relegated that scripture, or that whole passage in First Corinthians, to a certain, just a certain, percentage of life, rather than seeing, the Bible says, these three do what? Remain. That means that they endure. Oh, come on. See, see, I've got to be careful because what I want you to understand is that when everything else leaves, these stay. When others let you down, they remain. When other people, other things, or anything else in life, when everything else leaves, when everything else goes away, they stay, they endure, they remain. This is what I'm trying to tell you is that God has, from the beginning, wanted to bless us in spite of anything and everything that the devil would try to do to us. And what he did was he gave us these three Powers, spiritual powers to bless us to do just that. And that's what First Corinthians is talking about when it says these three remain. If I can, I want you just to say that with me. These three remain. So they endure. Faith, hope, love, they remain. Now over the last few weeks... And I'm not going to go back there. You know, let me let me just tell you. If you want to go online, you can you can get all of these sermons through the podcast. And listen, I, I'm just so blessed that we have people in our in our house that help us to put these online. I know I had somebody that that uh, messaged me this last week and said, Pastor, I just want to tell you, uh, I'm living. One was living in Nevada. One was living in California. Nevada. That sounds so proper, didn't it? Nevada. 
Nevada or Nevada, whichever, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever it is, I don't know. Anyway, one in Nevada, one in, in California, and one in Washington contacted me and said, you know what, I have so appreciate, so would you please tell your people thank you for putting this in podcast so I can listen to it every week. That's awesome to me. Of course, then they wanted to know, can it be downloaded to Android? And I said, that's why I have grandchildren. I don't have to know technological things. <laughs> I, can ask, I can ask Hayden, who's, who's like, uh, uh, is he a year? Is he a year old? I have no idea. My wife's not, she's not feeling well today, and she stayed home, and, and uh, um, I didn't feel like listening to her cough the whole time. No, I'm just teasing. This is not screaming, right? I hope not. Uh, but, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, Hayden's like a year, but he can turn on all of my devices. He knows how to swipe. That's wrong. Because I can't even get some of my stuff to work until I call Sophia over. His older sister said, fix this for Poppy, would you please? And she will do it and then say, here. That's ridiculous to me, but listen, I'm kind of like, like my wife that said, if they can do that, they can sure operate the dishwasher. Then get on it. Thank you, Jesus. See that vacuum cleaner? It's a whole lot like it. You swipe that red button down and go. <clears throat> what does that have to do with your message, Pastor? Not a single thing. That's where, that's where I need my wife to go. Rabbit trail, shut up and get on. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, these three remain. What we're talking about is the fact that over the last few weeks, we, we, we talked about hope. We talked about uh, and you can go to the podcast. That's what, see, I remember where I was. I talked about that in the podcast. And so you can go to the podcast. You can see what we said about hope. You can go there and find out what we said last week about faith. But we want to continue on and finish this series out today because we're going to finish with this third one. Of course, that's love. Everybody say the word love. love. Say it again, love. love. Now say it like you want to be. Love. love. See, the thing about love is when we think about that word, we think about that power, what we traditionally think about is usually the, the feelings and the emotions that we've experienced, and we call that love. I mean, if you've, if you've been in love, and you have the butterflies, or you have the, oh, you know, I had, had, had the, um, okay, I just had it in my, in my mind, I, this is just going to be one of those services, okay? So get over it. <clears throat> uh, what was it? Uh, they had the, uh, you know, not the Clint, but the, the old ladies in the South used to, uh, the vapors. You know, they had the vapors, you know, because you saw that man and he was so wonderful. <sighs> or you saw her and you went, ooh. Come on. And so what we did was we, we, we connected the emotion and the feeling to the word and said that's what love was. Well, the problem with that is that, let me put it this way, you can't call an apple an apple tree. You can't call a pear a pear tree. It's what? That's the fruit. But it's not the tree itself. And the emotions or the feelings that we experience of love are not the source themselves. They're simply the fruit of love. So if we're going to, if we're going to understand this, we're going to understand this as a power. Not just as a feeling, not as an emotion, but this, this thing called love as a power. Then what we need to do is we need to get a definition. So we, we said that hope was the belief that things can change because we have a good God who really loves us. So it's just the belief that things can change. Regardless of what I see right now, things can change. That's hope. We talked about last week that faith was our actions because of our hope. So now my belief moves into another level, another, another level, and another degree. And it says, what I believe I act upon, and that becomes my act of faith. So if hope is the belief that things can change because we have a good God who loves us, and, and faith is the action that we take because of that belief, then we need to begin to get a definition for love. Let me give you this definition, and we could probably find a lot of different definitions, but let's define it this way. Love is the power and the force. It's the motive and the vehicle that enables us to have faith to do and hope to be and believe. Love is the power and the force that enables us to do and to be. You say, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, First John, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse says this. 
God is love. Yes, pastor, love is God. No. God is love, but love is not God. Because to say that God is, or that love is God would put it above God, or it puts it as the source of God. Listen, God is not, love is not God, God is love. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, you, you got me confused. Well, just stay with me for a minute, because what I want to show you is when, when we talk about love, we've got to get out of this mindset. If we're going to talk about a power, because how many of you know that there are, not, there are some power, or there, there is some power in emotions and feelings, but listen, how many of you know that emotions and feelings can rise and they can fall? See, I, I just, listen, I'm going to play the pastor for a minute. You ready for this? Some of you, because we changed the sound, you don't get into praise and worship because your emotion's not stirred right now. Well, that's not nice. I said I was going to play the pastor. I didn't say I was going to play your friend. Some of you are waiting for me to do something or somebody else to do something and you're waiting for them to do something in order for you to get... Listen, so emotions... Now, this is your friend speaking. Now, I love you. Because I'm empowering you to do something different. See, the difference is this. If God is love, we can't say that love is God. But that is why Paul could say that the greatest of these... Why? That's why Paul could say that love is unending. Why? Because God is unending. Because this love that we're talking about, this power, this force, this, 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 this ability is the power and the force of God Himself. Now, now watch this. When we said yes to Jesus, if you said yes to Jesus being the Lord of your life, what happened was that the Holy Ghost came to reside in your heart and your spirit. When He came, the Bible says that He brought to you the power of God. Let me show you this in Acts, the first chapter. Ready for this? Acts 1.8 says this. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and of the uttermost part of the earth. Now, what, what's, what's the power that the Holy Ghost brings to us? Well, it's the ability and the power of God to do and to be, right? What did we say that love was? Love was the power or the force that enables us to do and to be. Some of you are going to get a light bulb moment in a minute. Turn to the person next to you and says, I hope you get it hurry because I, I'm struggling with it yet. See, here's what we got to do. The Bible says in John 13.35, let me, let me build this just a little bit. John 13.35, and we got a message about it, and it says, This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love you have for each other. Now watch this. Does it say the feeling or the emotions? Because how many of you know that don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, because everybody thinks you're perfect in this house, and we want to keep it that way. Listen, how many of you know that sometimes you can love everyone in the house, and sometimes you just want to hate on everybody? Sometimes it don't even have anything to do with anybody else, but just how you're feeling. You know, you're feeling good, then you want to love on everybody. Oh, you're looking good, sweetheart. Or you got a cramp or a bad, you know, uh, this or that or whatever. you got a headache, and somebody comes by. How you doing? You're going, oh, God, Jesus, let me strangle them. You don't love Jesus then because God's not... Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, that's an emotion. That's a feeling. The feeling and the emotion is not love. It's a fruit of. And the problem is, is we want to base how we react to each other on fruit. Not on power. Not on source. Oh, some of, you, some of you didn't get that. That's okay, because I'm going to push this home if I can. Listen, how many of you know that there are people on your road? Don't look. Don't look. Well, you can, Jan. There's nobody on your road. But listen, the rest of you don't look. Don't look. But sometimes there's people on your road. Sometimes they sit right next to you. Sometimes they drove here with you. Mm-hmm. That you may not be able to say, oh, I have great feelings and emotions for them right now. I've said time and time again, one of the greatest things that ever, for, for our marriage, one of the greatest marriage builders and marriage keeper togethers was two cars. 
No, Pastor, it was love. No, it was it was two cars. Because there were times I want to strangle that sweet little thing. Because she wasn't going to be on time. See, to me, on time means an hour early. To her, on time means 32 seconds before it starts. Or five seconds before it starts. If she is opening the door, it's, I'm on time. That would drive me crazy. And so, it say, watch this. What I'm trying to tell you is emotions are not always going to keep you in the house or keep you in a relationship. We're going to dig a little bit this morning then, ain't we? All right. I put a tie on so I'd look, you know, pastoral, but listen, I can jerk it off. I can pull it right on off. Well, no, I can't because i got my thing on here, but I can. It'll take a little while, but I can take it off. What I'm trying to tell you is that we are basing our power on emotions and feelings and not on the power that love is. Let's, let's, let's get into this. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. Because you have emotions towards each other. No. Because you have feelings towards each other. Well, that might be true because there's a whole lot of feelings in the house of God at all times. But no, 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 no. What he says here is this is how you're going to know that this is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when they see the love. When they see the power, listen now, to unconditionally believe and act on the word of God for the good of others all around you. Do you know that when a lot of people look at the book of Acts, what they see is they, they typically see the, the supernatural acts of the Holy Spirit, right? And they, they see the healing, they see the manifestations, they see the miracles, they see all the signs and the wonders of the Holy Spirit. But how many of you know that we live in a day and an age where signs and wonders can be manipulated and sometimes they can be reproduced by shysters and, and charlatans? I'm trying to be real with you now. Because how many of you know that you can see things on television you're going, oh, wow. Have nothing to do with God. But Listen, I have watched on television some of the magicians and things like that, and I'm going, how did they do that? How many of you have seen, I, I, I was going to say Chris Rock, but it's not him. Chris, uh, somebody wrote that, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he, he's done some amazing things. That at least, you know, he's an illusionist, and sometimes it looks like he's done, and you go, oh, wow. Listen, how many of you know that miracles, in this day and age, miracles and, and signs and wonders can be, I don't want to say reproduced, but they can be imagined in the minds and, in, and before people. And so what happens is when people start saying, well, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost and this, this, and the miracles and the signs and the wonders. Listen, I'm not against signs and wonders. I am absolutely for them. And if God wants to dump a bunch in this house this morning, I'll shut up and sit back. But what I also know is some of us have seen so much stuff that we still have not changed and started walking in love. Woo! Shandai with me now. See, I'll tell you what it is. Where you could question some of the signs and wonders that people do, you can't question unconditional love that just refuses to give up. <laughs> and listen, you can't produce God love without God power. Oh, listen. It's hard to question unconditional God love. It's hard to question the power to do and to be Jesus to people all around us when everything is going against us. This is how they're going to know you are my disciples. When you have this unconditional power not to quit, not to stop, to do and to be Jesus, regardless of what's happening in your life. See what Paul is saying? Listen, you can talk a good game, but to be Jesus is going to take some power. It's going to take some power of love that will remain. See, watch this in 1 John 5. 
We, we, we don't get some places. So hang on with me. First John 5 says it this way in the Message Bible, verse 3 and 4. The proof that we love God or have the power of God comes when we keep His commandments. And they're not troublesome at all. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our what? Our faith. Remember, remember what faith is. Faith is the belief based on our belief. It's, it's our actions based on our belief. But then watch. Let me show you this in Galatians and tie these two scriptures together. Galatians 5, 6 says, But faith worketh by... You just underwhelmed me. Thank you. By what? Say it again. See, we have this mentality that faith is this thing and love is this emotion. No, faith works by love. So love is the force. It is the power for us to do and to be. It's the unconditional heart-spirit power which gives us the ability and the energy for the expression of our faith and our hope or our belief. So, so let, let, me, let me push this home. Let me try to make sure we have this. Love is not just an emotion. But listen to your pastor. It is the ability and the power to have right emotions. It's not just a feeling, but it's the ability and the power to have right feelings. It's not just an action, but it's the ability and the power to do right actions. It is the power of God to do and to be. See, this is, this is why Paul said, love endures, it remains, after everything else, even after faith and hope are gone. Love remains, why? Because one day, what you've been trying to pray for and believe for, in the temporal, will be accomplished one way or another in the eternal. Are, are you listening this morning? You must be listening really intense. Watch this. One day, whatever I've been praying for in this temporal body, in this temporal scene, this temporal thing called life, is going to be accomplished one way or another in the eternity. Father, I need you to bless my finances. I need money, Lord. I need it, I need it, I need it. Yeah, sure, you do in the temporal, right? How much do you need in the eternal? So one way or another, your needs are going to be met. Oh, you ain't ain't catching this. Father, I want healing! Why? Because in this temporal body, we need it. How many of you understand that in the eternal body, it don't matter no more? Come on! So this is why love endures. This is why the power of God endures, because what we've been hoping for in the temple will be accomplished one way or another, and we won't need hope anymore. And one day what we've been trying to have faith and act upon here on earth is going to fade away as eternity blooms before us. But the power, the ability of God never quits and never runs out. Let's say it this way. Love endures even throughout eternity. See, where hope doesn't have to believe anymore, where faith doesn't have to act anymore, love endures because this is the power of God Himself. Let me me show you this in, in probably the most prolific, memorized, popular, famous scripture in all the Bible. Let me show you this, how God does this Himself. John 3, 16. Most of you know this scripture. It says, for God so loved. Now wait, wait, don't, don't move too fast. Because for God so loved, which means he had the power to express himself to the world that he gave. He acted with faith upon his love and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth would have hope and believe that things could change. And him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did, did you see that scripture? I mean, you, you've memorized that scripture. You've heard it in Sunday school. You've heard it. Some of you've got it memorized. You've got it underlined. You've got it highlighted in your Bible. But what you have to understand is our God, who is a God of hope, who believes that things can change. Our God, who is pleased when we take the step of faith and believe what He has said enough to act upon it, has already empowered us with His love. He's empowered us to do, to be. And that power endures regardless of what we see right now. It endures regardless of what we feel like tomorrow. It remains in spite of the mess we might be facing. Why? Because His love endures. These 
three remain but the greatest. His love. His fire. So, so, listen, I know some of you are going, okay, well, that's, that's, that's wonderful, Pastor, but what, is that, what does that mean to me? What does that have to do with power in order to, to do and to be and to, and to, and to you know, you, you've been talking about this is my city and you've been talking about all this and we need power to do what God has called us to do. What does it have to do with us? Let me very quickly show you. You ready for this? Turn to the person next to you and say, he's ready to do it now. You ready? Everybody say number one. God loves you. Now listen, this may be one of the simplest messages that I preach in this house. It may be one of the simplest messages that you hear, but I pray that you hear it today. God loves you. Listen to me, I'm praying with the Holy Ghost will empower you to hear and to hear with your spirit, with your heart, and not just your mind. I'm praying it will not go through one ear and on out the other, but it will lodge in your heart and make a seed that plants deep. God loves you. Let me say it this way. He's not mad at you. Somebody listen to me this morning. I'm trying to tell you. God is not mad at you. In fact, the Bible, we just read that in John 3.16. The Bible says that He is so in love with you. You know our scripture. We just read it a few minutes ago. But think back for a minute now. The Bible says, for God. Now watch, what's that? That is the ultimate authority. For God. The ultimate authority. The King. The, the Creator. The, 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 the only one. The first. The last. I mean, the everything. The ultimate authority. For God. So loved the world. What was that? To the ultimate degree. How many of you have ever been loved? I really feel bad for some of you. How many of you have ever been loved? But how many of you have ever been so loved? Come on, come on, come on. You're, see, some of you are saying, well, I don't know, Pastor. Why? Because that's to the ultimate degree. It's not just being loved, but it's being loved to the ultimate degree. For God, the ultimate authority, so loved the world to the ultimate degree that He gave His only begotten Son, the ultimate price and sacrifice. This is what I'm trying to tell somebody is that God loves us. In fact, He loves us so. And if we ever come, listen, oh, help me, Jesus, because if we ever, if this house, if you, if I, if we together ever come to the point that we believe that He so loves us, we will be able to stand up against anything because the ultimate authority to the ultimate degree has given to me the ultimate price. Listen, that's why Paul would say, I can do. Oh, come on, somebody. So if we ever get to that point where we believe that, we really believe that, that's when we become empowered to do anything and all things. Why, Pastor? How, Pastor? Through His love. Watch this in 1 John 4.10. I love this scripture. It says, here in His love, here's the power. Everybody say, here's the power. Come on, say it again. Here's the power. Here in His love, here's the power. Not that we love God. Wait, wait, wait. Religion has been telling us for years. It's how much. I don't know why I'm yelling, but I'm just happy. This is why they don't have the microphone too loud on me, because sometimes... When I think what he's done, herein is the love. Not that I have such great love. Because all sweet thing, there have been times when my love has soared. I wish I had someone help me in this house. There have been times my love has fallen. Flat. Here in his love. Here's the power. Here, oh, we're talking about power, somebody. Here's the thing that remains. Here's how it remains. Somebody catch this. Not that I loved him. Oh, but he says, but that he 
loved me and sent His Son to be the propitiation. That's a big word. What's it mean, Pastor? It means the sacrifice, the payment for my sins. See, the power of His love is not in how hard I try to love Him. Help me, Jesus. It's not how good I can become. I've spent a great deal of my life in church. In fact, I've spent almost all of my life in church. And a great deal of it was wrapped up in trying to be good enough that He would love me. That's why the power will soar up and down. That's why my testimony will soar in and out. That's why my fruit will sometimes ripe and sometimes squishy rotten. Oh, you squishy thing. Turn somebody and say, don't be squishy. Come on. Herein is the power. Oh, great God, I got I got I'm trying to I'm trying to get on, but I've got to tell you somebody somebody gotta hear me. God loves you. This is the power that overcomes. This is the power that maintains. This is the power that remains. This is the power that endures. Regardless of what you've been through. Regardless of what you see coming. Regardless of what you feel. Not that you have been so great at loving Him, but that He has been overwhelmingly great. He's been abundant. He's been proficient. He's been all-encompassing His love for you. Ask the pastor, no, 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 wait a minute, pastor. You've got to remember God's a righteous judge. He will not tolerate sin. Oh, you're right. Yes, pardon me, I must have forgotten that. You're right, that's true. In fact, the Bible says that on the moment that Jesus became the propitiation, became the price, He had to turn His back. And the sun was darkened. See, Pastor, God hates sinners. Oh, 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 oh. see, that's where you made the mistake. That's where you made the mistake. That's where you failed to understand. He hates sin. But he loves us squishy little things. Turn to somebody and say, God loves me. Come on, let's turn to somebody else and say, God loves me. See, God, no, he doesn't, he doesn't tolerate sin. He's a righteous judge. But never forget that he doesn't hate the sin. He hates the sin that separates us from him. Well, Pastor, I don't understand that. You, you're not making sense. Well, let, me, let, me, let me analogize this for you. How many of your parents are in the house? How many of you love your babies? How many of you, you, you don't ask me if I love them again, Pastor, because I don't want to lie, but how many of you at least, you love them, but you tolerate them? Come on, sometimes, sometimes you tolerate them. Right? Because sometimes them little boogers are nasty. Sometimes you just want to take them out and make another one. But you know what? How many of you know that regardless of what to do, at the end of the day, let me try this one. How many of you mamas in the house would find the inner bear? Come on. You would find the inner bear. The swag would come up. You ever notice when we do it, we put our hands on it. You know, you, you get a little gutter. Little ghetto sisters, you know, going on. Little, get a little, I don't say gutter. You get a little ghetto on it. You know, like, come on. How many of you would do whatever you had to do for your babies? 
Those of you that don't have any, how many of you know that if somebody were to try to come in and mess with your baby, how many of you would? Listen to me. Let, let, me just, let me just put it this way. Watch this. As a parent, do you hate the child that has an accident or the accident that hurts your child? the child for having the accident or do you hate the accident that just hurts your child? I remember when, when our youngest daughter was very young, we were living in Canton, Ohio and, and, and she was, uh, mama was getting ready for church and I was getting the other two ready and I was, I was busy and, 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 and the littlest one, I don't know, she was probably two or uh, maybe not even that, maybe a year old or whatever and she, she called in, I have her ready and then I'm working on the other one or the other two. You know, and if you've had more than one kid, you know that you work on one and get it ready, then do the other two, and then come back and redo the first one because they just messed all over the first outfit. So you always got like two or three outfits you're going to go through on a Sunday. And so I'm working on the other two, and the, the youngest one crawled into the bathroom where, where Angela was, and Angela had a curling iron up, and she was fixing her hair. This is back in the 80s when we had big hair. Right? Fair. I'm talking about the guys. Fair. No. You know, the party in the back and all business up front. Come on. And the girls, the, the ladies, they have the mall hair going on. Looks like Darth Vader in, in, you know. It just didn't have a, you know. But anyway, she, she's, she's fixing her hair. And, and, and the youngest one, she reaches up and instead of grabbing her, 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 uh, her, her bathrobe, she grabbed a hold of the cord. And pulled the curling iron down, and it hit in her arm, and instinctively she reached up. So now she has the curling iron like that. She yelled out with pain. Angela reached down, jerked her arm open, and took that thing off, took skin with it. I heard the scream and came running. You know what I did? I slapped that child. Said, Why? Oh, you don't believe me? You lying, Pastor. Yes, I am. What I did was I took the curling iron. Deposited in the trash. Was she done with it? I didn't care. It had hurt my baby girl. God is a righteous judge. Oh, somebody listen to your pastor right now. You've got to listen to me. You've got to hear me this morning. Do we hate the child or do we hate the accident? Let me show you it in Scripture. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, says it this way. Have you forgotten how good parents treat children? And that with God, our God, regards us as His children. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child He loves that He disciplines, and the child He embraces, He corrects. Listen to me. God loves you. I wish I could drive this with a, some, some tenacity into your mind, into your spirit, into your heart. God loves you. What's that mean, Pastor? Well, let me finish it. Let me get this to you. Ready? If God loves you, you know what that means? You can love you can. I told you this was going to be a simple message. I pray sometimes that we, we, we never get past the simplicity of God's love, but yet the power that it contains. God loves you. See, the potential, the possibility, the prospect of you being able to reach out based on more than just feeling an emotion is real. Why? Because He loves you. 
And what that does is that allows us to love unrelentingly. Listen, listen, listen. Pastor's going to be talking about this on Wednesday nights. We need boundaries. Amen? How many of you know we need boundaries? And they are a safety from unnecessary hurts. Listen to me. They are a safety from unnecessary hurts. But we can never become guilty of wanting to love the loving and struggle with the unlovable and love unlovely because we base it on our feelings and emotions. Well, I will love you because you look good. I will love you because you treat me well. Oh, help me. Help me, Jesus. God loves me so I can love. See, it's time for us to love. Why? Because we have the power. We have the power of God that has loved us and has never stopped loving us. Now listen to me. His love doesn't excuse sin. There has to be a payment. But that's what Jesus did at Calvary. He paid so much because God loved so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that he's never stopped. I don't know about you, but you know, I have been saved a multiplicity of times. In fact, I have been saved and and forgiven many times. Well, I got saved in 1935, Pastor, and I've never... Well, wonderful for you. There have been times I've needed a refresher. There have been times that life has dumped its mess. And I had to come back and say, God, and every time I did, He said, I love you. And I'm empowering you to love. He never stops. All we have to do is receive that love because it's available when we receive. See, this is how we respond to others. Now listen, I'm not saying that we're out there looking for abuse or to be abused. But we make love available when and if others will receive it, we'll make it available. We have the power. We have the power to love, the power to do and be Jesus. Why? Because 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. That's the first thing. The Bible says in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. What, Pastor? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Listen to me, there's a power inside of you that enables you to love. That means regardless of how they love you back, regardless of whether they deserve it or they respond to it. Pastor, you just said we need boundaries. Yes. But listen to me. Somebody listen to me. Somebody listen to me. We We can love again without hurting. Oh, listen to me. Because this is not about emotions and about feelings. This is about allowing the power of God to flow through us, to do and to be Jesus to everyone and everything around us. This is not about you putting your emotions out there so somebody can stomp on them. This is about letting God's power flow through you. Oh, I'm about to get in somebody's business. You can forgive. Because you've been loved. Woo! Jesus on the main line. Come on, somebody. You can forgive and live free. You can release the ugly that's happened in the past and walk whole again. You can love and allow God to love through you. Why? Because you have been loved by Him. Let me, let me close this. I'm either going to close this. Let me do it with some practicalities. You ready for this? 
I want to use some practicalities. And what I want to do is I want to go back to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and, and what Paul says about this power of love. And I, I want to paraphrase it in my own way. Paraphrasing in my words. So, so some of you that want to go back to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, you can go back there and you can read along. But I want to paraphrase this, paraphrase this in my words. You ready for this? There's five of you. Good. That's enough. Let me paraphrase 1 Corinthians 13. If I talk a lot about God, the Bible, and church, but I fail to ask and try to meet other people's needs, I'm simply making a lot of empty religious noise. If I graduate from theological seminary and know all the answers to questions that you'll never even think of asking, and if I have all the degrees to prove it, and if I say I believe in God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and I claim to have incredible answers to my prayers, but I fail to take the time to find out what makes others laugh, why they cry, I'm still not right. If I sell an extra car and some of my books to raise money for poor, starving kids somewhere, somehow, and if I give my life for God's service and I burn out after pouring everything I have into the work, but I do it all without ever once caring about the people, the real hurting people, the moms, the dads, the sons, the daughters, the orphans and the widows, and the lonely and the forgotten that sit on my bench. If I pour my life into the kingdom, but I forget to love those here on earth, I'm wasting precious energy. So here's what love is like. Here's what love gives us the power to do. You ready? It gives us the power to be patient and wait when we don't feel like it. It gives us the power to help others, even if they never find out who helped them. It gives us the power to stop always looking for greener pastures and realize we could make a difference right where we are. It gives us the power to stop boasting and trying to build ourselves up to be something we really aren't. It is the power and the expression to not act in a loose, immoral way. To not always seek to take, but be willing to give. It is the power to control our temper. Even when things aren't going our way. And we have been wronged. It's the power to stop vacillating and changing our mind and to stop thinking about how difficult that other person is and forgetting what we can be like. And it's certainly not how we can get back at someone or try to get even. It's the power to actually grieve over the evil that is in the world and want to help change it and then rejoice when truth and justice wins. This power called love is what gives us with others the ability to come and sit with us when we're feeling down. Find out what's wrong. And then for us to do the same. You ready? And this great powerhouse of God doesn't give up. It doesn't quit. It doesn't go home. It just perseveres. Even when everything goes wrong. Even when the feelings and the emotions leave. It remains. How in heaven's name could we do that? Because we have been loved. I told you that love was the power, so it's the empowerment to do and to be. Let me say it to you this way. God 
has empowered you. 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 You on the back, you on the front. You on the side, you in the middle. God has empowered you to do, to be, to love. Already did it. He did it the minute you said, I don't know about that, Pastor. No. You have the power. But you also have the choice. You have been so loved. These three remain. But the greatest is the empowerment that you have to love. Stand with me in this house. Stand with me in this house. Nobody leaving if possible. Everyone standing in this place if you can. Let me tell you, I know we talk a lot about being empowered to win, to overcome, to be successful. We talk about abundance and we talk about prosperity. We talk about all the wonderful blessings of God, you know, the favor and all the stuff that God does for us. And and it is wonderful. And this is how you are empowered. Love. For God so loved you. He so empowered you, me, to be successful, to be an overcomer, to to win. And, And not only that, but you know what he did? He empowered us to be able to do and be him to everyone around us. See, I... If God has impressed anything, and I've got to be careful, but if God has impressed anything on me this year, it was to build His kingdom. Not just build the church, but to build His kingdom. To reach out and be Jesus to somebody. Why, Pastor, do, do you have an inside track? Is Jesus coming back tomorrow? I don't know, He may. He may get back before we leave the house. And he may not come back for another 10, 20, 30 years. I don't know. What I do know is that while I'm here, I need to be and do him.